Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Highs, The Lows and The Big Fat Lies with me, Ben. And me, Luis. Today, joining us, we have a very special guest. He's been around since near enough the very beginning. So we're already giving you coverage from the UK, Brazil, and now from Holland. Welcome our special guest, Jasper. Hey, thank you for having me. Yay, welcome Jasper. So to get you right into the mood, we're going to start with a little game, This or That. Just want answers, don't need explanations just yet. I'm going to give you two alternatives and you just need to tell me your preference. Okay. We ready? I'm ready. Right, Big Fat Lie or Killer Love? Killer Love. Sony or Interscope? Interscope. Wet or Bang? Wet. X Factor or Dancing with the Stars? Dancing with the Stars. Ouch. Ooh. Interesting choice. Ciara or Bruno Mars? Collab. Bruno Mars. Oh, come on. Ooh. Memory or Don't Cry for Me, Argentina? Memory. Up Tempo, Nicole or Ballad, Nicole? Mm, ballad. Ooh. Pop music or musical theatre? Mm, musical theater. Mm-hmm. When I grow up or beat. When I grow up. And lastly, solo Nicole or Pussycat Dolls Nicole. Solo. Way. And there we are. We broke you in. So Jasper, tell us, when did you fall in love with Nicole? When I fell in love with Nicole was probably around beep. I already saw her with Doncha, of course, but I was still a big Black Eyed Peas stand around that time, and Beep was, of course, with Will I Am, and after that I shifted to the Pusca Dolls and Nicole, of course. And you said bye to Fergie. Um, I have another question here. Which memory is your favorite one about Nicole? Uh, my favorite memory are basically the her name is Nicole times. That favorite memories now haunt you for life. Yeah, <laughs> sort of, but it, it was a crazy time. And back then she still had a message board on her website. And it basically was a peaceful and quiet time. Back in the days when she had a website. Yeah. Working one. <laughs> so, just to make it clear for everybody who's listening, Ben and I only jumped in the Nicole ship on Killer Love. Yeah. So, we were kind of late for the Her Name's Nicole party. And about those singles, uh, Baby Love and Whatever You Like, and even the promo ones, Jasper, how do you feel about it? How do you feel about those being the chosen ones? The whole Her Name is Nicole era basically was a big mess. It already began a mess uh, after whatever you like. I think a lot of people don't know that Interscope was a bit... It became a bit tricky because they leaked her music at, around that time. They leaked uh, both Baby Love and Super Villain to Torrent sites. And based on the pirate reaction of those tracks, so how many times they were illegally downloaded, they basically chose Baby Love in the end to become her big lead single ah, i never knew that that's so odd and as a baby love they basically only released Superfilm as a digital single in the us and then it became even weirder 
because they put a poll on our website with a lot of snippets and basically gave the message to the fans to decide the next single, which eventually became Poor Kinny Kinny, which also only became a US digital single. So obviously the album got pushed back multiple times. Yeah. But how close to the final pushback did it all get pulled? Was it like a week before it was meant to be due and then all of a sudden it just didn't happen? Or There was like, uh, after Baby Love, there was like an October date, I think. And then a few weeks before it basically got pushed back the date. And after that, it was pushed back again a few weeks or months. And after that, it becomes a bit blurry. Because then basically the message became, it's coming soon. Uh, and it was a trend that continued yeah. for a long time. Because even after Poor Kenny Kenny, or it was right before, they even sent Happily Never After to the US radio. Oh, I didn't know about that. Me neither. Yeah, I, I even have the promo CD uh, for it. It's like they were doing too much, but not enough of each, if that makes sense. And that's what I always felt now that I look at it. It didn't seem like there was much of a plan. They were just scrapping for ideas and throwing stuff left, right and centre, hoping that something would work and click. Because in my opinion, I think Whatever You Like should have been the lead single that was followed with. Because from what I read, it wasn't even sent to radio. It was more of like a promotional intro and then Baby Love served as the lead international. But I don't think Whatever You Like had enough time to grow because I think it's a lot stronger song than Baby Love. Yeah, I agree. I can even give an example. At Dutch TV, because I'm from the Netherlands, uh, we had like a countdown kind of program. And Whatever You Like was played a lot. A lot of people pirated it in the beginning because it was only available in the US. So I heard the song everywhere, but... It wasn't officially available until it became a B-side to Baby Love. Wow. And then it never became an official single. It was always the same. With Interscope's releases with her as well, I know releasing music was a lot different back then anyway, but there was such a big emphasis on territory to territory that singles just never worked in climb with each other. And there was always a delay. Because back then, I think there would be like, normally there'd be like a month, I suppose, between the UK and the US releases. I think with every Nicole release under Interscope, there's always been this huge time frame between the release frames. And that's ended up just songs being shelved. We can even blame Interscope at this point, because this kept happening. It literally happened the same to Big Fat Lie, and she was under Sony. I think with Big Fat Lie was a bit different. I think at that point, Nicole was still so up in the old ways and i think nicole feels like she can't release music in a territory without her being in that country to do promotion and we know how crap she is with social media because these days you don't even need to do an interview on a breakfast telly or you don't even do performances anymore on those sort of shows to promote you do all your promotion online but i think nicole could never catch up with that kind of era And that's why there was always such delays, because she always most wanted to be in that country when it was coming out, even if she left the country like she did with Boomerang. But But overall, Nicole always has been a bit old-fashioned when it comes to social media and that kind of stuff. Because even during the Her Name is Nicole era, she basically wrote these blog posts or letters 
or whatever you want to call it. And we basically had to uh, message her friend Katie on MySpace to get a bit of information around that time because Nicole only posted like a blog post every few weeks, once a month. Yeah, it makes no sense really because especially back then she was so ambitious. I think her ambition has died, I think, quite a lot now. But back then she wanted to be the biggest star in the world. She spoke about world tours and her dreams of that. But she wasn't willing to essentially ride the game and flow with the industry, then it was never going to happen. I wonder if she even knew what she wanted to do. No, I don't think she did. She did a lot of things at that time. During a recording, uh, the recording of Her Name is Nicole, she also was like a demo singer for a lot of projects. She sang uh, Heartbeat with Pharrell for Madonna's Heart Candy album. She sang between the first PCD album and her name's because she sang backup for uh, Robin Thicke and other projects. She was recording her name's Nicole. Uh, I don't know what she was doing. I don't think she had a vision for anything. It basically was just recording, 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 and just slipping it all on a disc. Well, sometimes that's exactly the problem, because she's always in the studio, always recording new music. And when time passes, she doesn't feel those songs anymore. And she just goes back to the studio to record more and more. I mean, we've been waiting for seven years now for a new solo project. She just keeps shelving her music. You've always had to sit on her music, I think it's also an issue. I mean, people record these days. Rihanna used to be a prime example, would record and it, it mix and mastered and then be out in a week. Nicole has to sit with this bunch of work and then won't release it for God knows how long. Yeah. And then it doesn't, it doesn't date very well then. I think also a big problem is she never had a real uh, executive producer until Big Fat Lie. Like a, a central person who collects everything and sits down with her to basically create a record. Like Rihanna had, ironically enough, also Tricky Stewart and The Dream who helped her for a while. Yeah. And after that, she knew what she was doing. But I think Nicole missed a central person in her career that was like, okay, you recorded like 60 songs, let's narrow it down to 20. That's what the A&R should be doing at Interscope. And I've never understood, I wasn't obviously around in those early days, but since I've been around since Killer Love, she's never had a big team and you're never going to achieve greatness. And you're only as good as your team, essentially. As far as I'm aware, she's never really had you know, someone that books her tours and her budgets and all of that. She's, it's literally just been a manager that seems, and that's why I've given, you know, Ollie slack and Melissa got slack in the past. But I look now and they must be doing every single aspect of the industry for her because I've never seen her with an agent or anything. She has a, you know, PA now in Zach, but she's never had a big team. True. And especially during her name is Nicole. Jeff Hadet was still uh, managing her. And he also was the manager of, of the Puska Dolls. So basically there was no one who was there to protect or put the full interest on Nicole as a solo artist. It was also always in the back of the mind to also think about the group and not only about Nicole. Yeah, I remember that phrase that she said on Behind the Music. Mm -hmm. It was something like, Honestly, I know the fans wanted the dolls. They did want me. So I want to ask you, Jasper, would you say that this was the feeling of the fandom around that time or no? 
No, actually not. Because at that point, uh, and I think it basically returned for quite a bit now with the reunion of the dolls, there is like a core of Nicole fans who are there just for her and a part who is there for everything. Even on the message boards back then, her website was like a little community of only Nicole fans. And on the PCD side, there was also a message board and those people were basically fan of the group. So I get what she was saying, but in the fandom, there still was a, a core who was only there for her. I do think she gets unfairly treated. And I don't know if it's a girl band thing, but there is examples in other girl bands where, you know, they do have a bit of a hiatus and there is someone that does you know, solo music, even alongside their group. And they never get the backlash that Nicole gets, ever. And I've never understood why she always receives it. Because even on a feature, like we had with She's Bingo, it's an ad. And there was backlash there, saying she's basically broke up the dolls again. Yeah, I mean, Carmi just released a new single and no one said anything. No. I'm not saying she should get backlash or anything, but if it was Nicole releasing solo music, she would have been dragged. Yeah, but Ashley's still on radio. Yes. And, you know, Kim's probably doing whatever she's doing. Like The other dolls have been doing their own work as well, but this, just because they're not doing music, it's no different. Cheryl, you know, never used to get that much backlash from doing solo music and then returning to Girls Aloud. I mean, she'd done a solo arena tour and a Girls Aloud arena tour within the space of six months and released music and released an anniversary album with Girls Aloud. There was never any backlash on Cheryl saying she was breaking up the girl band. Yeah, it's a weird thing to watch, but I think it's also because the concept of PCD was a little different for that time or in general, because you have had Nicole's lead singer and basically Melody and Carmeet's doing some side things and on Doll Domination, only Melody doing some side things on the projects. But like Kimberly also mentioned in a few interviews, the original concept was basically Nicole in the center and the rest of them were meant to be replaced if things got a different pace or whatever, or if they didn't fit anymore or didn't do their best or whatever. So on one side, I think the public or... A certain part of the public thought about it like a normal girl group and where like Nicole was like an egocentrical part of it while she was just doing her job. So I think people basically gave her a hard time for just doing her job. While on the other side, a lot of rumors were that she basically was bullying the rest of the group. I think Nicole was also clever. I mean, no disrespect to the other girls, Let's not forget the Pussycat Dolls were the first ever 360 contract in music. They weren't making much money. And even Nicole was wouldn't have been making that much money from the Dolls because Interscope were wrapping it all up. So it made complete sense from a business perspective as well that Nicole would do other ventures like her publishing deal and then, you know, go on to other things. It's not controlling or bullying. It's thinking for your long-term career. It's no different to a job if you work in a supermarket and you wanted a promotion. You don't get all the shit there. Yeah, I think that's one of the problems with how everything was built up. I think a lot of things were built on false promises. Like, I think we will never know the true story, but I think behind the scenes, the other girls were told they were going to get some shine and were going to get some vocals. 
but in the end their contract probably said you will be a dancer you will be basically part of this project and you all have a part you all have to do your thing but that is not what nicole is doing and i think she was clever to also venture in other things and i think that's also why uh, she wanted to jump ship so fast because it's much easier to make money on your own and to write everything yourself or partly than when you have to rely on such a big brand because PCD is a lot more than Nicole probably wanted to be as a individual. Do you think going forward since her name is Nicole that it's left a damaging confidence on her? Because she seemed very heavily involved in that album. And no disrespect to Killer Love, because it is my favourite album and I love and I think it's a great album. You know, she didn't write as much on that album. It was very much producers, I believe, probably sending her tracks. It didn't feel like she was probably on in the studio with every single producer either. Big Fat Lie, you know, we say it's her most personal and it's connection, but there wasn't even much writing credits on there either. Did you think that her name is Nicole Era has left some damaging confidence on her? Yeah, definitely. I think you already can see it on Doll Domination. Even though a lot of tracks were reused, if you look at the credits, a lot of the tracks that Melody is also involved doesn't really have any involvement of Nicole herself. You can see writing credits on Bottle Pop or a few production credits or a vocal production on uh, Song Slash Hush Hush. But on other tracks like Love The Way You Love Me or Elevator, There's basically nothing that directs it back to anything that she is involved with. And going onwards, I think you only see writing credits on songs that are personal to her, like leaked songs like, I think she has a writing credit on Metamorphosis. Yes. So on tracks like that, but on her more pop releases, you don't see it anymore. So moving forward, I know you're a JoJo fan. And since she also recorded the song, I want to ask you about Nobody Can Change Me. How do you feel about that song? And how did you feel about it being chosen to be a single? If I think back about that time, I think we got the single cover first. And if you look at the single cover alone, you basically think like, wow, she's wearing a leather jacket. So I was suspecting something a little more edgier. Mm -hmm. And when the song premiered, I think Nicole's site also changed, so the message board was also gone. And everyone was like confused why she released this Disney soundtrack kind of track. Like, at first I didn't really know what to think about it. I still don't really like the song. It was also weird that it never was officially released. It basically was put on a stream on her website for like months. It was a really confusing time. Nobody knew what was happening. It was. No disrespect, I think it's generally still one of her worst songs. It definitely is one of her worst songs. It's ter- It's. I don't want to be rude, but it is quite terrible. I don't know maybe if, because the sound of Her Name Was Nicole was more urban pop, and that didn't work, if that was her trying to steer away from that kind of urban pop genre and move into a lot more pop, because it is quite cheesy you can't really call it electronic dance, can you? It's obviously it's pop with a dance kind of edge, but it was just everything wrong. Uh, <laughs> and there's there's no credibility as an artist on a song like that. 
I don't. Did she have writing credits on that? Do we know? I don't know. I don't think so because I think there are a few demos, including the one of JoJo. I think it basically is a song that got passed around around artists around that time because, like, we know that she sold beautiful people to Christina and the burlesque soundtrack at around that time. But she also said, I think, in a Ryan Secrets interview that she finished Nobody Can Change Me basically a few hours before it got premiered on the radio. So I think it basically was all just like, let's just grab a song and release it without many thought. But if you even look at her unreleased catalog, I think if you have to pick a song, there were options like Cold. Yes, Cold. Yes, Cold. Hashtag justice for a call, guys. Is the absolute bot that got away. Yeah. I don't get how you end up at Nobody Can Change Me when you have songs like Gold laying around dusty on a hard drive. So, since we're basically ranking the songs from the era, we have a game for you. Game time. So, we are going to play the tier game. So some people may have seen other artists do it online. Basically, I'm going to give you a list of songs from this era and you need to rank them in the categories. So we have five categories. Don't be shy. So we have best, potential, average, forgotten and trash. Okay. You know, there may be some shade, you know, <laughs> we've got to be honest. There is a little bit of going on. So, I want answers from both of you and I will give my own as well. So, I'm going to start with Supervillain. And I'm going to put that in Potential. Yeah, I was going to say Potential as well. It's one of the few songs that I still listen here and there from the era, to be honest. Yeah, same. I quite like with Supervillain. Because the main issue that I normally have with a lot of Nicole's music is that I feel like she gets drowned out by the production sometimes. And when you have a voice like that, her voice should be front and centre. And I do think with Supervillain, you know, her voice is the main attraction. I must say, I actually like the It's Deemed the Bad Boy remix or the Club remix. I liked it more than the actual song. Is Mad Scientist actually a person? Yeah, that's the producer. Oh, I never knew that. I did think it was a weird lyric. I think he also produced that Leona Lewis song, uh, Forgive Me. Oh, I like that song. Uh, right, so track number two, the one that I can never greatly pronounce. So, Louis, you can give it to me. What can you, can you? And where are you putting the song? I like it because it's related to her heritage, to her Hawaiian roots. I like the beat. I love some up-tempo Nicole, but I have to place it as average because looking... To all her catalogue, it doesn't stand out. It sits right in the middle, so... Okay, I'm going to agree. I've put it in average as well. But I would like to have seen a live performance of it with a bit of a breakdown. I think she, she could have served a good performance with this song. But I am going to go with average. I'm also going with average, and basically because I think the song relies too much on Brick and Lace and sort of Akon's production in the sense that it sounds really of that time. Like Brick and Lace also released Love is Wicked. I think that's also produced by Akon. And it's basically a product of its time. 
And I agree, it could go off live in a different setting with a breakdown, uh, maybe in a section with Right There and a few other songs. But yeah, it's the middle of the road in a catalog overall. We are basically on par so far. So let's go to the next one. We're going to go Happily Never After. And I will start and I will put this in potential. It has potential, but I would put it for myself in Forgotten. Ooh. Ouch. Like Poor Kinikini, it's basically a product of its time. It's basically the typical Neo-Stargate-esque uh, ballad guitar song. You can find a few of those in Rihanna's catalog as well. I don't know. Do you think it gives you like Fergie, Big Girls Don't Cry kind of era vibe? Yes. Just not as good. Yes. Basically, Big Girls Don't Cry. You have also the title track of Rihanna's album, uh, Good Girl Gone Bad. It's also a bit just like it's cute, but I could live without it. I'm going to say bias because I love that song. Ooh. I love it. I mean, I mean, I agree that it reminds of Fergie's Big Girls Don't Cry. But I love the message. I love Nicole's songs that talk about recovery and moving forward, like hold your breath and have your last your fucking mind. I love those kind of lyrics with a strong and positive message. But I also agree that the production screens um, Neo 2006. But I love the meaning of the song and the lyrics. So yeah, it's one of my faves and I couldn't place it anywhere else. I think it has potential if it was vocally sung and produced a different way. I think the way that she portrays a song is almost a little bit corny and it's a bit cheesy. Whereas I think with Fergie and Rihanna, the examples before, there's a lot more conviction with it. I would have liked to have seen a visual for Happily Never After, I think, a video. But I think it's just a bit too corny and nicey-nice. Because if it's happening never after, you like it's a statement, and I think she could have convicted that a bit better. She said no, never, never, never. It's almost like a it's like a bad fairy tale. <laughs> yeah. Right. Let's move on to the arguably probably the biggest song from the era, "Baby Love." Louis, mm. you can start. Uh, okay, I already said it on the previous episode, but for me, it's a flat pop song. I love it. It's my jam. Don't get me wrong, but average. Again, take a look at her catalog. It, it speaks for itself. I have also put it in average. And I feel actually quite harsh doing this because I do really like the song. But I think when I think back and think it was a single, I think... It's like, to me, it's just nostalgia now, you know, it's good for what it is. I personally think it should be like the crowd sing along at a tour if she ever done a tour again. Nicole, I hope you don't hate us for this. We still love you. Yeah, good for what it is, but just kind of, I agree. I think it's kind of similar to Happily Ever After. I don't think it really goes anywhere. I think it's cute. So average, it basically sounds like what someone would release like, as fourth single after like three successful singles to get a cute peak in a few markets but not really like something to introduce her and i think that was the problem around that time like it did a bit of damage in a few markets but if we look at what 
other stuff that was supposedly to be on the record, like physical or even just say yes. I don't get why they went with baby love at all. Yeah. I mean, if that... anyway, so next we are going to hit a ballad. So I'm going to go with Save Me From Myself. Ooh, this one. Uh, I know it's going to be controversial. I have put it in average. I did say previously it could have been a single, but there's a lot to do with the vocal production on this song that I don't like. Because, like, later on, I don't know if, I don't even know if it's the bridge, towards the end of the song, she has some right soaring vocals on it. But they're drowned out again. They're, like, essentially backing vocals. And it really frustrates me. So I'm going to go and stick with average. Okay, Jasper, I'll leave it to you. It is one of my favorite songs, so I would put it in... If you would ask me it a few years ago, I would put it in best. But I agree with Ben. If I look at the vocals now and I listen to the song now, then it probably would go a rank lower, so to potential, because it can be a lot better. I know that if she's listening to this someday, somewhere, she's going to hate me. How low is this going? That song for me is pure trash. Oh, the first trash. That is harsh. I'm sorry if it sounds harsh, but I'm not so by those lyrics. It's so basic. Ben, you always say that she doesn't sell what she's singing. I feel more emotionally connected with her on Save Me From Myself than I do on Happily Never After. Yes. It's so basic. My niece could have written that song. I'm sorry, I knew this was going to be controversial because it's a fan favourite. It's your choice, you've got to put it, and you've put it in trash. Okay, right, let's move on. Let's go back up tempo, and I am going to go with physical. This is hard. I can't put it in best. It's going to go in potential. If it'd been properly... You just need a radio version. I'm going to have to go potential. So I think the intro could be scrapped a little bit. And why is there such a long outro as well? I think it should have been the second single of the era. And it could have had a steamy hot video. And I think it would have followed the trend with whatever you like. I have a hard time because we never heard the final track. The leaked version is not the final track. This is my issue with a lot of the Her Name is Nicole songs. Because one, I wasn't around in the era. So I didn't get that first initial listen. I just got listens after, and some of them just don't, they're not official tracks like that have maybe fully been mixed and mastered. No, exactly. And if we talk about physical, the poll where I talked about earlier, I had a snippet of the final uh, physical and of a few other tracks as well, like Just Say Yes and Save Me For Myself, also in a little bit higher quality than we got them. So it's hard for me to sometimes listen to tracks like physical even though i enjoy it when i still have that snippet somewhere in the back of my mind but since it's so long ago i never saved that snippet so it's basically haunting so i also would put it in potential at the moment one well, louis you're going into best aren't you yeah of course it should have been the second single best yes moving on I think this is where we could start getting very controversial. I am going to say, just say yes. I'm going to say it again. Best. Uh, I'm going to say average. 
I'm going to say potential because we never heard a full song. It's a fair statement. I know this is like one of I'm going to get probably absolutely hounded on social media. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, it's not the first time I'm used to it. Um, I just think it's a bit flat. It's another song that I don't really feel like it goes anywhere. Maybe it could be potential if we got a full version, but I don't think the full version would have ever gone up anywhere either, if I'm being honest. Yeah, I think for me personally, like, it has a lot of nostalgia at the moment because we still are waiting for any kind of full version to surface. So that's why I also put it in potential. But who knows, maybe the full version would still end up in average, maybe in best, I don't know. I think I agree with the nostalgia thing. But even though we haven't heard the full song yet, and we're probably never going to, I love that song. Um, Just say as it's so special to me. And yeah, I think part of the love includes the mystery of never listening the full track. Maybe, because I felt like that some about some of the unreleased songs. There was always a couple that I always wanted to hear. And then when I heard them, I was like, I wish I never heard them and just had the anticipation of hearing them one day. Anyway, we're going to go to Zoo. I'm going to put it in potential. I love the beat. I think lyrically it's a little bit poor, but it's probably my favourite bridge on the album. It should have been a single. I think it has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. So I would put it in, in potential. Oh, Zoo is kind of tricky for me because it completely depends on my mood. It's one of those songs that doesn't always get me. But if I'm listening the whole Her Name is Nicole catalog, it's such a good one. So I have to place it on average. Right, let's move on to Steam. And my notes for Steam just says meh. Um, so I'm going with Forgotten. The problem with Steam is I have a lot of nostalgia with that song. It basically leaked right before any news of whatever you like came out and a picture leaked of what eventually would become the CW shoot of Get Into It, which basically is an alternative version of Poor Kinny Kinny. And a lot of people thought that Steam would be her first big solo release. So for that reason, I like the song. So I would put it in somewhere between average and forgotten. I don't know what kind of choice I have to make. Louis, are you going to put it in best or something? No, no way. Okay. For me, it's forgotten. I have no connections to that one. Okay. We could, we're mutually agreed on this kind of one. I don't think we're going to mutually agree on the next one. So, I am... I F you. I miss you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm putting this song in trash. It's my first trash. Um, Get out of here. I do not like the lyrics. The whole Ring a Ring of Roses thing haunts me. I think it's very generic. I think there's very random vocal placements in the song. I really don't enjoy the song. Sorry. Yeah, the thing with the song is it's basically typical Pharrell. There's not really much besides some of the vocal uh, choices. There's not really much Nicole about it. it Basically, it's the typical Pharrell production, which sounds a bit like it's a Christmas song. The spelling of I am ISSU is cute, but it's not like it had any potential. If I have to choose a filler of any of the Her Name's Nicole tracks, I am I Mrs. U would be it. So it probably will also be my first trash. Ooh, I'm living this. 
hey, if you're listening to this podcast and you want to co-host, send me a text <laughs> message. Um, I actually like that song a lot. Probably more than it deserves. Probably. I love the beat. I love the summer vibe. And You love a Nicole summer vibe. Yeah, exactly. And I like a winter grungy Nicole. You know, dark and edgy. And you love a summer vibe. You love the your love kind of vibe. You like the Hawaiian Nicole. And for the record, I was also born upon the island. I also had a Pokini Kenny girl. Nicole, we are sisters. Sorry, I'm kidding. So where are you putting it? You going potential? Yes. Mm. Okay, March. Oh, best, hands down. Forgotten. What? Get out of here. Desperate. <laughs> Please. Please. Because I know it was pretty much the only song that was like presented back on our website that I can remember in our bio. So lyrically, I would put it somewhere around potential, but overall average. You two are killing this album. The, the album died a long time ago. The album never even was written in a lie. So carry on. Well, where were you putting it best? Yeah. You cannot put it in best. You're saying that's on the same level with whatever you like. I've been waiting for this song since forever. I remember that quote from the lyrics that were always on bios and press releases for the album. If you can see it and believe it and put it into work, it's just a matter of time. And I love it. On Select, it became one of my favorites. Ain't nobody gonna give us something that I need. Okay, we don't want copyrighted. Um, I don't like the pronunciation <laughs> of March. Okay, and we're gonna disagree again. The next song we're gonna do is American Girl. I am going to put it in Forgotten. For me, top three of her name is Nicole. Personal, summaries, move. I love it. The thing with that song is, I think it's way too long. I think it would be a cute interlude for like 30, 40 seconds. Or maybe cut in, in two pieces like Christina Aguilera did with the strips, intro and interlude. So I would put it... Also in Forgotten. I like the message. I like what she's trying to do with it. But I think for with who she worked with. And I forgot his name from Keen. I think a lot of more things could have been done with it. You guys are being so harsh about this album. You know what I do feel about the album though? And this is going to be a bit controversial in itself. I know everyone really wants to hear this album. And I would love to hear the album. But. I don't think the album will still sound good. Yeah, that's tricky because it aged like milk. And I think it's tricky because while everybody always goes on Twitter and keeps asking her to release it and they keep tagging Ollie and Zach and Melissa, they neglect all the songs. Um, I did a poll on Poro Nicole these days and I was asking if the songs were bops or flops. And people basically ranked all of them as flops. I mean, slash bad songs. So what's the point? Yeah, I mean, she could put it on. I mean, she's not going to put it on Spotify. She shouldn't put anything on Spotify. She could upload it to SoundCloud. It's not. It doesn't have to be for any, you know, she's not going to do anything in the charts. So just to hear the songs. But I don't think any of them, well, not a few of them might, you know, whatever you like still sounds good. And I think physical could probably still sound okay. But the majority, of, I think, will sound very dated now. Do you honestly believe that she still has those masters? I have no idea. 
Um, I think so. Nicole's a control freak. So, like, I think she owns the majority and has the majority of her music. I don't know if she owns the masters of it, but I don't know. I would like to hear it for, like, fulfillment. Overall, if I look back now, and I think we go back to something we already talked about earlier, we all know she lacks a kind of vision or direction, and all the songs are basically different. So it's basically more of a playlist than an album. Yeah, I agree. That's my issue with it. Because I was already around that time. I want to hear it, but as an album, it doesn't matter if I hear it now or if I hear it in a few separate pieces. I totally get it, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's started an identity crisis with Nicole that I think still is with her now. It was, like I've said before, a pick and mix of just trying to find something that would work, that people would like, and then we flow with that because it was just a lot of different sounds, a lot of different genres. And I think ever since then, she's never really found her own lane in the music industry anyway. You know, we've got Killer Love, which was very most artists could have done, to Big Fat Lie, which didn't work either, in my opinion. Anyway, so last song, it is going into Trash for me, and it is feels so good. Uh, for me too, Trash, yeah. It is Trash indeed. <laughs> <laughs> At least we ended on a high. <laughs> it's just really another cheesy song. It gives me, it's like Girl with a Diamond's Heart sister, like... It basically sounds like Macy Gray had something in her um, forgotten folder on her hard drive and Nicole was like, I have to record something cute for my album, so let me record this. Yeah, it's another one that just didn't work. And Could you imagine that being released now? No. No, Jesus. A never dated song. So that is the end of the tier game. If you would like to take part yourself, we will upload the templates with the songs on Portal Nicole's Twitter. Um, so you can have a bit of fun and send us back your suggestions. If you agree with us, give us a bit of stick, not too much stick. So to wrap this up, I have a final question for you, Jasper. So her name is Nicole being shout. Who's to blame? Uh... Yeah, it's a hard question. I think I think Interscope is partly to blame because they had no idea what they were doing, especially with the way they tried to see which single they had to release. I think it's never a good way to basically leak the music. On the other hand, I think also Nicole herself, because I don't think she has really looked out for herself. And of course, management is also to blame because they weren't in there for her. They were in there to uh, make as much money. And of course, that's what a manager likes to do. But I think another function of a manager is to be there for your artist. And I think it's uh, a conflict of interest of you are managing both the group and the individual. So... I don't think it's there's a clear answer. I think there's basically three parties who are to blame and basically did work together. Yeah, do you think that Interscope could have potentially sabotaged that project so she would return to the dolls? Potentially, but I think it was in their best interest to have Nicole succeed because it's much easier to um, go on with one girl than to have 
six different women on your payroll that also want to do a lot of different things. If you look how things turned out, only Melody got offered a solo deal in the end and she declined. So I'm not 100% sure if Interscope sabotaged her. I think maybe it's more the manager who at a certain point wanted to sabotage because it didn't make as much money and other things at around Baby Love than he probably thought it would make. But I don't think it was the label itself. Okay, interesting. Um, thank you so much, Jasper, for being with us and sharing all those memories. Thank you for having me. I really can't wait to meet you in Cardiff for the Dolls Reunion Tour. Oh, yeah. I hope this bloody pandemic will end one day. <laughs> and thank you all for listening to this. Join us next week, where we will be discussing Nicole's actual takeoff when she finally released her debut album, Killer Love. Have a good week. Bye-bye. Thank you.